Every year, thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated, undermined, and lost. I know, because that was me, before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now, I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler, and this is Health Mystery Solved. Hello there, and thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Health Mystery Solved. This is my first episode in 2021, so happy new year. Now, it is no mystery that 2020 was a difficult year to say the least. The pandemic, climate change, natural disasters, political division, racial injustice, and so much more we probably all wish to forget. And while we've all been challenged in so many ways, now is really a time to move ahead. As I look at the next few months, it's winter, and unfortunately, COVID cases are on the rise. Things may be closing down here and there, and now there's a new mutant strain. However, even all of this cannot take away your power, and that is your power to support your body and your immune system so that you can deal with whatever comes at you in these next few months. Today, I wanted to give you my latest updates on immunity so that you have all the latest information on foods, nutrients, contraptions, and the latest hacks to help you stay healthy this winter. My immune recommendations have changed a bit over the last nine months as we learn more about the virus, and also my views vary some from the things you may read or see on TV because I am very mindful that my advice is of course effective, but also safe. Many people don't realize that when you have a specific health condition, especially autoimmunity, you have to be really careful in how you're supporting your immune system. The reason is that when you have an autoimmune disease, the immune system is already in overdrive against your own organs. What many immune formulas do is they boost the immune system. And while that seems like a good idea if you're fighting an infection and you stimulate the immune system... What happens is you don't just stimulate the part of it that fights the infection. You stimulate the whole thing, even the part of your immune system that is also fighting your own organs. And we certainly don't want that. Because many of the people that listen to my show, see me in the practice or follow me on social have autoimmune diseases. Plus, I think that autoimmunity is not always well diagnosed and so many others may have it and not even know it. I'm always very mindful that my recommendations are safe for them and everyone. If you know that you have an autoimmune disease or may suspect one, please be very mindful about immune-boosting herbs. Now, some of the main ones are echinacea, astragalus, reishi, and other immune-supporting mushrooms, green tea, and elderberry. Yes, elderberry can be immune-stimulating. These have been widely recommended recently for COVID, but also for other infections like colds and flu, but they may cause more harm than good in autoimmune conditions. These can be sold on their own, but also are often found in different immune formulations. Even something like Emergency, which is so popular, has echinacea in it. So be sure that you check the ingredients so that you know what you're taking. The other issue with these when it comes to COVID specifically is that we have learned that when COVID goes to the later stages, it can produce something called a cytokine storm, which is basically an inflammatory cascade that can affect many other areas of the body. This happens because the immune system becomes wacky as it's trying to fight the virus and not succeeding very well, 
And it is possible that these immune-boosting herbs can make that worse because the immune system is already in a state of disarray. However, not to worry, just because these are not recommended doesn't mean we're at a loss. There are other nutrients that are not only super effective, but also very safe when it comes to both autoimmunity and preventing immune dysregulation. Here is my go-to list that I recommend for my clients and also take myself along with my exact protocols for both general and acute immune support. And by the way, if you're driving or somewhere where you can't take notes, don't worry. I have all of this details for you in the show notes. You can easily access those by just going to my website, healthmysterysolve.com and click on episode 83. Everything will be waiting there for you. Now my first go-to, my power tool, and one that I think many people overlook is vitamin C. My recommendation for general immune support for a typical 150 pound adult is 1,000 to 2,000 milligrams of vitamin C a day typically around 1,500, just so we could stay in the middle of that. I personally use the C plus Biofizz from Designs for Health, which makes a very yummy fizzy drink, but capsules like Stellar C are great. For some sensitive individuals who have digestive issues, vitamin C can sometimes cause looser bowels. If that happens to you, we have liposomal vitamin C, and that's a wonderful solution to this problem because it absorbs through the mucous membranes in your mouth first, and it's easier to then break down and digest. The only downside is that you have to keep it refrigerated once it's open. So that's not great for travel, but then again, we're not really going too many places right now. So either one of those three is a great choice. Vitamin C supports the immune system, but does not upregulate it. It's water-soluble and generally safe to take at those doses unless you're taking specific blood thinning medication. And in that case, you would need to speak to your doctor about taking any type of nutritional support in general. The protocol changes a bit though if you are already sick and for my clients that contact me when they're symptomatic. And by the way, this goes not just for COVID, but can be applied to any other infection like a cold or a flu or any other respiratory illness. I, along with many of my integrative colleagues, recommend that people increase vitamin C significantly for the course of the illness about a week or so while people are not feeling well. We would want to do this in divided doses and do it very often. So it would look something like this, taking 500 to 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C, which could be in the powder form, the liposomal form, or in capsules, and doing that every 30 to 60 minutes to bowel tolerance. So what this means is that you do this until you essentially get diarrhea, which is when your body says it's saturated and had enough. You would then restart it later in the day or the next day and do this for a few days while you're sick. There's a ton of research about high-dose vitamin C helping fight infections. Now, using IV vitamin C is also great, but of course, this is not something that we can all get access to. So taking it orally in this way works to saturate the cells with C and can really help. The next is vitamin D, and it is imperative that your vitamin D levels are optimal as we head into winter. The dosage of vitamin D is going to vary some if you know your actual vitamin D status, and I like to have people be somewhere in the 50 to 80 range on a blood test. Now, typically, the normal blood ranges, if you look at the range of a regular lab, is about 30 to 100, so it's super wide. You want to be much more in the middle of that range. If, however, you don't know your levels, but you have not supplemented with vitamin D recently, and especially if you live in the Northern Hemisphere, about 5,000 IUs of vitamin D would typically be recommended. 
Vitamin D is huge for balancing the immune system, which is why it is so wonderful for illness prevention, but also to keep the immune system in a place of homeostasis and help prevent upregulations on your own tissues or when an infection strikes. Vitamin D should ideally come with vitamin K so that we can prevent calcification of tissues and organs. And I use a liquid D called Emulsi D Synergy for those who have issues with fat-soluble vitamins and the vitamin D Supreme, which is a capsule for everyone else. If you don't have recent blood work, please ask your doctor to check your vitamin D levels at your next appointment when possible so that you can then tailor your dose to your results. Now, the next nutrient is zinc. Now, this is not a new recommendation and has been widely talked about online and in the media, and so many people have been taking extra zinc. However, while it is very beneficial, many people have been taking extra zinc since the start of the pandemic. That's about nine months already. It is important to know that zinc is a mineral and all minerals work together with other minerals in the body and have both synergistic and antagonistic effects. Zinc and copper are one of those pairs. And when you take a high dose of zinc, you can then push out and deplete your copper. This is why I don't recommend taking more than 30 milligrams of zinc generally for prevention, unless of course you're taking extra copper. And while it's safe to double the zinc if you're feeling sick, you're doing this for a short period of time, a week or two, so you would not have an issue with copper. However, taking zinc for months and months without copper and without first checking your copper levels and properly balancing it can be a problem and copper deficiency can potentially lead to more bacterial infections and problems with the blood and even things like aneurysms. A hair test is actually a great way to measure levels of both zinc and copper. So if you're worried, you can always consider running a hair test. It's quick and easy and it's not very expensive. I'll post a link to it on the website as well. When you get the results, or if you already have recent hair test results, you want to look at not just the individual zinc and copper levels, but also the ratio of the two. Ideally, the zinc to copper ratio should be at around eight. So if you're lower than eight, you can use more zinc. However, if you're above eight, you need to make sure you take extra copper along with the zinc that you take. Even having a multivitamin with copper can help to achieve this. My next two biggies are oregano and garlic. And I love them because they work well and they work quickly and I typically don't see many side effects with them. They both have not only antiviral properties but also antimicrobial in general and they can work on bacteria, yeasts, and other bugs. The thing to note here is that I don't recommend these to be taking long-term for general immune support unless of course you're working on a specific protocol with your practitioner. But for immunity, I like using these as needed if you are around those that are sick or may have been exposed, or if you're feeling like you're coming down with something, and of course, if you are already sick, but not ongoing. The reason for this is because these can affect your microbiome, so using these for months and months ongoing is not good. Plus, your body can get used to them and they will not have the same effect if you're sick down the line. For oregano, I use oregano gel caps by Designs for Health or essential oil of oregano from either Young Living or doTERRA. And I recommend three gel caps of the oil of oregano gel caps twice a day or three drops of essential oil of oregano that you would mix in a little bit of coconut or any other oil because it's really strong and hard to take straight. And you would do that twice a day for the duration of the illness or for a few days if you feel like you're fighting something or have been exposed. For garlic, 
I have been recently using something called Alimax, and I like this because it is potent and patented allicin extract, but it does not have an odor. And if you've taken garlic pills before, you probably know it's not always fun for others that are around you. So this one is different. You don't burp up garlic, you don't taste garlic or smell like garlic. It's a good thing. I recommend two to three capsules a day for the duration of the illness or for a few days if you're exposed or feeling off. My next powerhouse is silver psyllin, which is a liquid silver. Oh, what do I not use silver psyllin for? Silver is a powerful antimicrobial and it can be used orally and topically. This is another one that I don't typically recommend long-term for immunity unless you're working on a specific protocol and I use it orally for a few days while sick or feeling down or if exposed and I recommend one to two tablespoons a few times a day. I'll post all this in the show notes, by the way, and we're all stocked up with plenty of silver psyllin so that hopefully we don't run out as procurement chains slow again this winter. A silver psyllin is also amazing when used topically. I've used it on pimples, rashes, burns, cuts, you name it. The other day I got a sty and typically it is such a big to-do. My eye is normally swollen for a week and it's not a pretty sight. This time I just put a little silver psyllin on a cotton ball and wiped my lid with that three times a day and it was gone in two days. There was hardly any pain like other times. I was really, really glad to have it. And for immunity, a big recommendation that I have is to keep our nasal passages clean and clear. And so I'm a big fan of nasal irrigation. I personally use the Neil Medi, which is similar to a neti pot, but in my opinion, way easier to use. And my trick is that I use one tablespoon of the silver psyllin mixed in a distilled water and salt solution for a boost of antimicrobial activity. It works great. And I think every household should have a bottle of silver psyllin handy for any or all of those uses. There is also a new thing I tried this month to help keep my nasal passages clear called FEND, F-E-N-D. It's a mister that uses a saline solution, but what is cool about this is that the saline particles are micronized to the exact size, so it's not too big and not too small. So it doesn't absorb in, but actually lines your airways and can cleanse your upper airways by capturing eliminating inhaled particles. When inhaled, the solution goes to where the droplets form in your upper airways, keeping them out of your lungs. And it also keeps you from exhaling the mucus droplets so that if you're sick, it can even help prevent spreading it. The research on it was really neat, so I ordered it when I saw it and have been using it for the last few weeks. I will continue to use it and will keep you posted on what I noticed, but so far, it feels like my airways are clearer and it's super easy to use. The last, but certainly not least, and probably my biggest recommendation is to be aware of your mindset and stress levels. You may already know, as I speak about this often on the show, there is an inverse relationship between cortisol, our stress hormone, and our immune system. When stress is high and cortisol is up, our immunity goes down. It's as simple as that. So anything you can do to keep your cortisol down and stress low is going to be key for your immune system. And as much as I love supplements, all the supplements in the world will probably not do that much if you're super stressed. Anything that you can do to lower your nervous system, such as breathing, meditation, taking time for yourself, listening to music, dancing, laughing, you name it, it's going to help. So try a multifaceted approach. And if you're listening to this and saying, yeah, yeah, I know I'm stressed, but who isn't? It's just the way of life. I get it. But please do keep in mind that stress is likely affecting you more than you probably realize. And your immune system is the first thing that can go. 
Don't underestimate the power of stress reduction. Even small things like taking a few breaths, reframing things, or just taking a few minutes to yourself to look out the window and watch as the trees sway in the wind. Also, remember that stress is all about perception. Two people can experience the same event, but their perception and therefore how they see or speak about it, both to themselves and to others, it's going to make a difference. For example, if something happens to you and you get upset, which is of course absolutely okay as you want to feel your feelings. However, if you yell, scream, and use words like, I can't believe this happened to me, why is this happening and such, it's going to affect you differently than words that may have a little bit less of a charge to them. Like maybe I'm disappointed or asking questions like, what can I do to fix this rather than why did this happen to me? Not only is this going to be more empowering, it is also not going to drive your nervous system nearly as high. Now also don't get me wrong. I am not saying you can never yell or scream. Of course, you want to express your feelings, but think about the way you react to things. And if it's always in a very charged way, it may be driving your nervous system up unnecessarily and in turn, lowering your immune system. Another thing to remember is that we also have physical stressors such as blood sugar imbalance. If you're skipping meals or not eating in a balanced way where you consume too many carbs without balancing them with adequate fat or protein, your blood sugar will go through peaks and valleys. And that can create a lot of extra stress on your body in addition to all of the emotional things. And when it comes to mindset, while of course you need to take all the proper precautions and steps to help your body be at its best, try to adapt a mindset that your body is strong, that your body knows how to fight infections and your body can heal. Having the right belief system is going to make everything work better. So to help our immunity, let's get our diets in check. Take the right nutrients that are both safe and effective, manage our stress and create a more positive mindset. Adapt the attitude that you can and you will stay healthy this winter and your body is strong. You got this. And if you weren't able to take notes or forgot something, don't worry. All of this information is in the show notes, healthmysterysolved.com under episode 83. You will see all of the detailed protocols and instructions. If you found this helpful, please share it with family and friends so they too can get the facts. As always, keep in mind, the answers are out there and there is hope. I'm Ina Toppler. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you next time on Health Mystery Solved. All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.